Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Welcome back, my lovely, authentic souls. It's so good to have you. We are already on episode 12. This is so exciting. I can't believe how fast it's going. Um, today, I'm so excited. We have a special podcast for you. I have a co-host and friend, Xavier Kane today. He is going to have an awesome conversation with me about shame and kind of our journey away from shame to authenticity. And this is so important because shame affects so much in our lives and it comes from all sorts of places. So I really want us to delve into this topic of shame, and it's not the last time we're going to talk about shame, but shame, it like I said, it comes from everywhere and it really affects everything. It affects everything. It affects our sexuality. It affects our friendships. It affects our relationships. It affects our parenting. It affects I mean, you name it, it's affected by shame, our self-confidence, our self-worth, our authenticity, because our authenticity is tied into all of those things, right? If we um, don't let go of shame and guilt, we're unable to be our true authentic selves. And so we talk about that today. When we talk about my background and his background and how we've been affected by that. And um, we we have a lot of laughs and we tell a few stories and I think you're going to really enjoy it today. So I'm not going to talk very long because it is a long episode. I've had to cut this talk down into two episodes as well. So it might cut off a little bit abruptly. I think I, I've done an okay job cutting it off. Um, and we'll pick up next week and we'll keep our conversation going so that uh, you can hear all of it because it just, we weren't done after an hour. So this one's an hour and we're going to get right into it as soon as we come back. So just a couple things. I I'm so glad to be hearing from you. I am getting some messages and um, some of you are booking discovery calls with me to find out how you can work with me. And I'm so thrilled about that um, because there's nothing I want more than to help you live a sexually authentic life, to have the best relationships you can possibly have, and to just be comfortable with who you are and create the life that you want. Let's design that life that you want. Join our community. I will put links in the show notes 
for how to get a hold of Xavier Kane. And um, I will just finish off at the end. And uh, next week, you'll get sort of his full details. But this week, I want you to just sit back and enjoy and just see if you can relate to any of the things that we are talking about. At the end of the day, authenticity helps us become who we are, helps us find our community and the community that we have um, in our Breaking Free Authentically private Facebook group is awesome. So if you join in there, I'd love you to pipe in and and talk about all things podcast, all things about your life, all things authenticity, all things shame related. So let's just have some great conversations. Okay, I'm going to ramble on if I don't get off here. So I'm going to let you go. And when we come back, we'll just go straight into the interview. Thank you so much. Can't wait till we come back. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Well, today we have a very fun podcast, and I have my very good friend here, Xavier Kane, and we are going to have a great conversation. You're making We're, a lot of assumptions. Well, we always have great conversations. I guess so. That's true. I mean, our very first conversation was seven hours long. Yeah, it, it was. And I would say that. It was about, yeah, give or take. I would say that's a pretty good conversation. <laughs> it, it, was, so. it was a, a on, lovely day. On little rickety metal chairs, mm -hmm. no less. Yeah, my butt hurts. Too. Outside. Yeah. Actually, and I had a headache the whole yeah, time, and you, we still carried on conversation yeah. for, I think, over seven hours. Yeah. So I think that's a record, actually, for me. It's impressive. Which, which is actually surprising because i do talk a lot <laughs> you do. i do really but we're, i'm gonna let you talk i promise yeah no that's okay <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna share the talking mm. i know you can just like you know give me a look if i'm overtaking the conversation well then i'll just be looking at you the entire time like that oh no don't be like that okay all right <laughs> <laughs> so Xavier, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? About me? Mm -hmm. Sure. Do you think we're going to hear those dogs? Possibly. All right. I apologize again for the dogs. <laughs> You've heard them before. They may be in this recording. Okay. I apologize. But um, they're, just, they're just saying that they love us. Yes. Okay. About me, I'm 33 years old. Uh, I've been in the poly community for about... Four years, and I've been in the kink community for about a decade, um, and I am also an intimacy and sexual surrogate. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get into a little bit more what that is about yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit later, but tell us a little bit about the kinds of clients that you work with. Um, the reason being is today I want us to talk about shame and guilt mm -hmm. and, and maybe our journey away from shame. Yeah. And guilt, and I talk a lot about how 
our programming, our societal programming, Mm -hmm. um, informs like how we see sexuality, how we feel about it and how it affects us in our decisions about it. Mm -hmm. And I want to kind of dig into that a little bit and see why and how it's affected you personally, how it's affected me personally and kind of how we've overcome that. Um, So with that in mind, I'd like you to tell us kind of the type of clients that you have worked with. Yeah, more than happy to. Um, Well, that was one of the aspects of the work that I do that I thought was super important was that um, clients were coming to me feeling a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. Mm -hmm. And um, I worked through a lot of that myself and I I didn't want that for anybody. So Mm -hmm. a lot of my clients, they, you know, whether it's religious trauma um, or it could be just maybe uh, a history of being maybe a little bit of (laughs) maybe a little lacking sexual experience and um, also some people who have, let's say, maybe some physical uh, deformities of sorts mm-hmm. or even people who have, uh, you know, mental health issues or psychological issues that they feel ashamed about, mm. uh, which also impacts their sexual and intimacy lives. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Well, that's 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 awesome because I feel like that's often part of the population that doesn't get to really explore their sexuality or really like dig into shame relating to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I so, mean, it's, it's just, it's broad. Uh, yeah. I mean, just kink shaming. That's uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, we have the term vanilla for a reason. Yeah. And, um, but like, I think you were talking about that earlier today about um, not even kink shaming, but uh, shame and religion. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, did you want to go into the background? We can. Do you want to start with your background of like your religious background? Because yeah, yeah, your yeah. religious background is different than mine. We both have religious background. Yeah. And I, I often. is intense. Is it? Compared to me, yeah. Oh, mine's intense. Oh, yeah. Yes. I have told my story on the episode oh, okay, one. Okay, okay. Um, just about is called Bible school graduate turned playboy enthusiast. So if you haven't listened to that episode, (laughs) go to episode one and I tell my story. Um, But I'll tell you a little bit more about it today. Um, But it's interesting because you were saying that you're Catholic or you grew up Catholic. Catholic, I was like, I didn't even consider that Christian. Right. And you're like, I'm Christian. I was Christian. Right. Like I was Christian too. Um, But I was so, you know, religiously entrenched, but I would never say religion then, right? Like that Mm. was not, oh, no, 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 I was not religious. Um, Wait, if you weren't religious, what were you? I had a relationship with Christ. (laughs) No, not kidding. That's how, that's how we said it. I had a relationship with Christ and therefore it, religion was like, I I know, but now when I look back, I'm like, well, yeah, it was religion, of course. But then I was taught basically to abhor religion. Mm. Like those people are just trying to do things to appease God. Oh, I see. But we have a relationship with God. And so people were just following the rules, but you actually thought of it as a more, a deeper relationship. Yeah, it was definitely an intimate relationship with the Lord and with Christ and the Holy Spirit, like it just was very, and and it, they told you 
No sexy stuff. Well, not until you're married. <sighs> not until you're married. Good fucking luck. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. I, I waited. I, yes. I I waited. Look at you now. <laughs> I waited and I am surprised that I waited, but I was very, very, very committed to that because mm-hmm. it was. You did it. It was probably the most shameful thing yeah. that you could do. And that's so crazy now to think of. But then it was like. Yeah, no. Uh, so before I got married, mm-hmm. I remember there was like several weeks before we got married and there was, um, I don't know, like we didn't want to fall into sin or, or do anything, like cross any lines yeah, yeah. sexually before mm-hmm. we got married. And so we we made this like purity paper chain kind of thing. Okay, I made the purity made paper the, chain. Yeah, don't put it on him. <laughs> Um, but he agreed to it. And so okay. every week that we would not, not cross the boundary mm-hmm. and that we remained pure, yeah. that we would rip off a chain. Yeah. And so the idea was it's, that, no, <laughs> get this. So you have a sexual advent calendar. <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> and and I it might have been red and green, too. Yeah, I mean, beautiful. that's I remember making. You got to decorate it. No, I mean, I don't I don't know what color it was, but it doesn't matter. It was probably beautiful. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Anyways, so we'd rip off these things and the, the the consequence, if we had any links left yeah. on our wedding night, uh-huh. would be that we had to wait as many days. That many days. As links yeah, yeah, we had yeah. you make up for it before we could have sex. Yeah. And there was no freaking way that I was going to wait 22 years I and not see. have sex on my yeah, wedding yeah, yeah, night. Yeah. So it was very big. It was like a self-punishment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a big motivator to me. Wow. So this keeps falling. Oh, can you can you tighten that? I don't know. Is it okay? Sorry, technical difficulties. Yeah. Do you think it's okay? It should be okay. okay. There, yeah. If it falls okay. again, well, I'll fix it. All right. So, anyways. Okay. So yeah, you had your sexual advent calendar. Yes. <laughs> and holy crap, that is above and beyond. Okay, so can I? Go I mean, into I was dedicated. Yeah, so can I let's, go into my religion? Let's hear your dedication. My religion is okay. So South American family. So you know they're Catholic. Um, I was baptized. I was I had my first communion, and. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, I <laughs> I basically no I, I I remember around maybe grade two and three. I'm like, I don't know if this stuff is real <gasps> or like I, I was questioning it pretty early on. Yeah. How could you question? I things? well, I mean, I mean, some of it was just like you know, like the punishments and stuff, or like guilt. The amount of guilt and shame that was just kind of drilled into into me throughout just like the general idea of of catholicism of religion uh it made me feel bad for like if obviously like if i fibbed a little you know a white lie even like when you start um almost like polarizing things to such an extent that that line that the gray area becomes less and less gray and more and more black and white mm-hmm. it it made me feel awful it made me feel awful because well like i there was this big man in the sky looking down at me and and I, i'm a bad person right well, like fear sin and everything. judgment and fear of disappointment a- absolutely right? yeah like yeah it's, actually that was it 100 percent. it was judgment and uh disappointment like i'm, like, I'm disappointing my family i'm just dis- mm-hmm. i'm 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 shaming 
there's a lot of shame coming from from them to me if and they didn't even know um they didn't even know that i was having any like you know impure thoughts when i was like eight or nine years old as a boy growing up uh and i felt awful uh so yeah and then i got confirmed even though i didn't even believe it that was like what grade eight and then i went to public school and i said screw you guys <laughs> And that was basically that was my religious uh live my life. Yeah, basically. Uh and from then on out I was basically far more uh open to my parents about sex and luckily they were pretty cool with it cuz they were also kind of slowly but surely leaving mm. leaving the church in their own way like kind of but I mean they even found it again later on which is okay with me. Um, with religion I'm always like if it floats your boat that's fine as long as you're not hurting yourself yeah or others because yeah. like people can people forget that you can also hurt yourself with religion oh absolutely yeah absolutely so. and and there's a lot of people that have religious trauma and yeah. and things and i would say that, that my my version of god mm -hmm. was a very loving version of god i'm glad not a judgmental mm -hmm. version of god and um i never was taught that he'd be disappointed in me. Like it was my oh. mom that would be more disappointed in me. Oh, they put the shame than, more towards than your mother. him. Yeah. Okay. Because God is loving and, and forgives and stuff. But like the whole point of life is to mm -hmm. bring glory to God. <laughs> well, that, that was. He kind of sounds like a dick at that point. Right. Just but <laughs> I never saw it that way because when you're indoctrinated, like. A parental figure, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like your job is to make them proud and to honor them, and yeah, you know, like that whole honor system in families. Like you, you don't want your parents to look bad, or, or the family to look bad. Right? Yeah, the family. You, you, well, I mean, growing up, the only thing you know is your parents, your mm -hmm. the approval of your parents. You know, them saying good job. That means like the world to you. Mm -hmm. Like God in that way is like quite literally a father figure yeah so i get that yeah yeah so it was very tied into relationship oh, and okay, yeah, yeah. and the loving relationship of the father yeah and it was very much a father figure so so for me when i thought of catholics or, or religious mm -hmm. people i felt so sad for them that they had so this judgmental angry version of oh, god oh i see yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and i didn't have that i had a loving god you had a loving and god, yeah. so he loved me for who I was, but at the well, same time, that. That, that without him, I was nothing. Yeah. So there's that part of it. And I think that's also, that's also interesting because like, once again, like I'm sure some of your listeners are very religious mm -hmm. and I think that's, that's fantastic. Once again, if it, if it works for mm -hmm. them, it makes them, if it frames their life in a very positive way, then I don't see what's wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But, um, oh, I lost track of what, what I was saying. What was it? The last thing that you said? Oh boy. This is what happens when you have two people with ADHD. I know, right? Talking with each other. Okay, so I was saying <laughs> that. Ooh. But okay, uh, we might circle back around to it. Yeah, we'll, it'll pop in it'll and out, right? Oh, what was that? The thread? The thread. We'll just yeah, hold we'll, on to the thread. We're going to hold on to that thread. And then we'll, we'll come hopefully back we'll, to we'll it. pull on it later on. <laughs> I hope you linear thinkers out there are know. not like going crazy. Oh, already. I'm saying like, yeah, you're, you're See, re the, the religious uh, audience that you happen to have. Uh, and you were saying that you were, uh, what was it? Loving, I had a loving That you had a loving one, but there was an aspect, oh, that you could not 
find worth in yourself. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I would say. Oh, yes. And I think what I was going to say is that um, for those people who do have religion, I think that is something that is something that they're going to have to struggle with, uh, Mm -hmm. something that they can work on, which is almost like finding independence within their own religion, finding value that isn't completely tied to you know, Mm -hmm. their deity, their God, whatever it is, because, um, I mean, we could talk about this too, but, uh, codependency, yeah, codependent relationships, um, or just a anxious attachment we could even talk about attachments attachments because (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, if if, we're already mentioning that God is like a father figure, a parental Mm -hmm. figure. And if your relationship with your father is like an anxious attachment where you're like, you're not sure about anything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, uh, like, is, is this okay? Is that okay? Or my value is tied to that person. Mm-hmm. You're so dependent on that person. Then how do you develop yourself into a, a full-fledged human being? Well, I think I told you the other day that mm-hmm. the I, like when I started to realize that I was codependent in my marriage, mm-hmm. um, I remember going to counseling and she was talking about self-love and let's yeah. like self-care mm-hmm. and let's let's like the self-care wheel and let's choose. And I just yeah. would cringe every time she'd say self-care, self-care because to me, self-care was synonymous with selfish yeah. As a self because it, yeah. I was taught from an early age to, to serve others, yeah. to turn the other cheek mm-hmm. to, you know, I am, my purpose in life is to glorify God and serving others and bringing people to him is glorifying God, yeah. sharing the truth about him. It wasn't for um, you. It no, was for, it, none yeah, of it was for greater... me. And and as a, as a musician, like mm-hmm. I was a church pianist since I was 13, mm-hmm. right? So I played music, I sang in church, I, I did all the things, um, but I couldn't receive the praise mm-hmm. from that like the the brother and assembly that i grew up in there there was no clapping even yeah, when you yeah, did yeah. anything when you performed in church yeah, it wasn't performing play, you were like, singing to the lord you were singing for the glory of god yeah. so i remember like if people clapped or if people came up to me and said oh my gosh you have such a beautiful voice and you play yeah, piano yeah. so well or whatever i'd be like Oh, thank you. But I couldn't it was really like hard to take that compliment. Yeah, I couldn't really take I'd have to be like, well, oh, glory to God or mm-hmm. whatever. Like it's just so God, I would have hated right? the it's crap so... out of you if I oh. if I met you back then. Oh, I I don't like who insufferable. I was. Insufferable. I mean I was insufferable and too. The thing Still is am. I tried to be a very loving, kind person because yeah. that's my nature. I always have been, mm-hmm. but I do not like who I was. Yeah. I knew that I knew that I knew mm-hmm. I n- would tell people how to live and how to be. I had yeah, this like, yeah, yeah, yeah. because your whole purpose is to glorify God and sort of get it right yeah. spiritually. You're always doing, you know, like I knew everything about how to be a good parent or, yeah. and I, I had ways to help people and how, how to, you know, guide them. And so I always looked I was like a weird I mean, it always looked like this pompous. Of, yeah, I was gonna say pompous like, ego. Yeah, but I didn't want didn't to that. be that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be that. I literally wanted to be helpful and yeah, yeah. help people who felt confused or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and now when I look back, like I think I, I told this in my the first episode, mm-hmm. just that I remember the day 
like when I was going through the deconversion process for for me, I mm. needed to go through all of it. And I, re- excuse me, oh I remember the day mm-hmm. that I had an, a ladies acapella group in the room with me. Um, and I was leading this acapella group. And a lot of them were Catholics or um, some were Pentecostal, some were Episcopalian or mm-hmm. Lutheran or whatever. All these like liturgical churches, yep. right? A lot of liturgical and I was, you know, the real Christian. Yeah, the ones again. <laughs> right? Like, ah, I just look at that now, and I'm like, for goodness, like, yeah, all these guys are could, fakers. They're fake. How could I? Ugh. Anyways, just to, the idea that I would somehow think that I had the truth and they didn't, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like that sort of. I think there's a certain amount of attitude. Yeah, humbleness that you need to have when it comes to. Um, I guess your religion, but even just like yourself and your own. So I could, I had to be humble in all the ways. Yeah, in all the ways. This was the only way that I needed to feel like, not that I was superior, but I had to truly believe that I had a truth that nobody else had in order for me to want to share it as Mm -hmm. my highest goal, right? And I remember the day when I realized, I looked around the room and I was like, I am no better than mm. any of these women. Yeah. And I almost cried. I was so happy to be an equal oh. for the first time. I didn't have to be yeah. more than like the pressure of that yeah. was so much. And I mean, if, I you just, think, if you think you're the only one that has the right stuff, I, then the pressure, like you said, and the onus of like, oh my God. I have to carry this on my back because everybody else isn't doing it. And everybody's watching me, right? Well, everybody's yeah. watching me to be an example of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and that's brutal. Now I'm like, people aren't watching yeah. Christians all the time. So there like, was even shame in just going through your own religion. Yeah, like I couldn't have had you come to the house and visit because yeah. like, what would the neighbors have thought? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah right? Yeah. Like, like I couldn't ride in a car with an, a, a married right, man yeah, yeah, yeah. or anything like that. Like that just was like, <gasps> you know, mm-hmm. so shameful. Of course. And why? Because I was an example. Yeah. I was always an example and everybody was an example. So so really what happens is you're not authentic. Yeah. No, I mean, You can't live authentically because. I completely agree. What if you don't reach the standard or what if people find out that you don't know everything or what if people find out that you're not a fake but like that you don't feel like you, you should measure be, up yeah, or, yeah yeah or like while you're doing the work or the religious work or whatever it is in that community that like like you even had doubts like that would probably be terrible i'm assuming was there ever... i didn't have doubts that's the thing is no, it... no i know but isn't that expected in in your religion like i'm saying like would there not be shame to be like, oh my goodness, oh. I'm even questioning. Oh my yeah, own yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So like that, yes. this community didn't even allow you to 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 think uh, like. Oh, you you, know, you felt play like devil's it was, advocate. No, you know I mean. it was the worst thing you could possibly yeah, do yeah, because yeah. childlike faith. Yeah. Was the oh, the right, highest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of the highest and I'm not honor, a fan right? Of faith, I'm not a fan of. I mean, I think it's beautiful in its own way, in a romantic way. Yeah. I just don't, like, pragmatically speaking, I think it's, like, maybe you should, I mean, whether it's you're choosing, like, what job I should get. Like, you yeah. should probably not base that off of faith. You should probably and be do some smart investigation. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like. Information, whatever, knowledge. Right? Yeah. And, and like, I, we expected anybody else in the world mm. to 
questioned their faith. Oh, that's interesting. And took take a look at their faith. The hypocrisy. Right? Yeah. Like they had to check because they didn't have the truth and mm. then they could see that we had the truth. Yeah, you had the truth. But yet we didn't check our faith. Yeah. I mean, we just heard from others that our faith was li- it lined up. Yeah. It was it was all good. Yeah, there was yeah, no yeah. errors in the Bible. There was no this and that. And so I just believed that. Mm-hmm. And then I remember when I was going through the process, one of the things was like, okay, if there is a natural explanation for something, mm-hmm. Instead of God did it yeah. explanation, then that explanation can be sufficient. So so if you can just have a, a natural explanation, then that explains it. And and you don't need um uh what do you call a, it? An outside source. Yeah, what do you call it? Like a oh well, like when you're talking about God, he's yeah. a uh all knowable. Yeah. Um, not, omnipo- a su- omni- not a superhero, but I'm just saying like extra Anyways, I can't think of the word. Omniscient? Oh, yeah, that's like a, a superpower kind of thing. Oh. Like like you don't need a, a superpower mm-hmm. if it can happen naturally without the superpower, oh, okay. right? Like so to go, oh, God did this yeah. when that's a, there's a very natural. A scientific reason yeah. behind it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So that helped me to just kind of question without shame. yeah. So this is like some of the religious shame that yeah well that we actually struggles with I want to go back to the the sex part yes you know so I feel like I that like, might be a a thing that yeah so let's we go, focus on let's yeah. go there <laughs> but like the there's the so in in terms of your journey away from shame or through shame uh like when do you think you started to even four years old. What do you, okay, Expl- <laughs> explain that, four years old. Well, I like to masturbate at four years old. I yeah. probably didn't even know what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember one time Something I got- Something feels good. Yeah, I got in big trouble. My mom was really? like, so distraught. Like, so, like you could feel it. In, wow. You could feel that like she was- emanated s- out of her. Yeah, like she, like, and I was like, I should yeah, yeah. never do this again. No, 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 no. And yeah. then I was like, as kids, we pick everything. But I like that. Like, why would? I, what am I doing why? wrong? Yeah, like yeah, in yeah, my yeah, mind, yeah. I was like, I'm not hurting. I'm, I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not yeah, doing and this anything. Feels I'm good. just. So why? Yeah. yeah. In and that case, she probably was kind of reinforcing if something feels good in your body, that's bad. Oh yeah, and I think that I shut my body down a yeah. lot. Um, but I, I did continue to masturbate. Yeah, I mean, it feels good all the way through. <laughs> Um, but I remember like, I don't know if I, if I told you this, mm. um, the other day or not, but like, you know, people ask like, what are your fantasies and yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that? I was like, my fantasy was, was that I was making love to my husband and there was yeah. not a particular person. It was just my husband. It's so, so it was it's like, so cute. It it's, was almost, <laughs> it's almost like, you know how like kids play house, Yes, but you're like, I'm playing. You're I was playing, playing house. married house. Yeah, playing married house, and you're you're having <laughs> sexual relations with your yeah, husband. But the husband was a like blanket. This, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Know, a pillow so. or a stuffy or whatever. <laughs> I, I know. I know. No, it was a blanket, and I would tuck it under my bed, and my mom would every once in a while find it. And, yeah. Um. Would she shame you when she found oh, it? I'm I'm sure it. Probably or was it just like smelled a thing? like sex? Yeah, yeah. She just never said anything. Oh no, she would. She would tell you. She'd she would like, take it and, and she would wash it and then she would 
give me the look, you know, or, uh, or like it would appear back in my yeah, room. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, fuck. There you like go. She, Oh, yeah. So there was always this like, every time I took the blanket out, it was like a really deciding moment that I was oh, choosing right. to like, screw you. disobey, I, but I needed that. Yeah. You know, like I was like, I needed that release and sometimes I just wanted oh, to I feel good agree. or I just would like sit there and listen to, um, <laughs> to songs on the radio mm-hmm. and, you know, close my eyes six o'clock in the morning and i would just feel all the feelings you know so in my body oh yeah. i was very oh, wait when that would make i was you such horny? no no well i think it was like a way of coping with it was either doing that or getting to oh, feel the emotion either or okay yeah like i, I think that well, i mean i was gonna say that i think that that's uh, one 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 thing that i talk about with my with my clients is trying to frame their sexual urges as a need it's not just a want mm. but it's it's necessary i mean sure if you're asexual it, you're mm-hmm. it's not you're you're not programmed for that right right but the majority of people are programmed just like we're programmed to be social beings mm-hmm. we're programmed for you know um community we're also programmed to eat and we're also programmed to um do do other many many things that we're we're supposed to do and if you take that away, if you take uh, community away, if you take, I mean, just look at the the pandemic and with all the lockdowns, oh, yeah. you take people away from other people, you start going crazy. Yeah. So then why would you take away a, 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 another certain need, such as sexuality, mm-hmm. such as sexual expression, and expect people to be perfectly A-OK? Right. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's no, right. No, it's true. And I, I have my clients do like a needs assessment mm-hmm. and like- Sometimes you can't go and have sex. Yeah. So why is it wrong to be your own partner? Oh, 100%. Right? There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, there's studies. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you watched. Um, oh, it's it's a new show on Netflix about pleasure. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. But I was listening. I was watching the first episode the other day. Maybe maybe I got in the second episode, maybe. but it's in the first two episodes, likely. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just talking about how um, orgasms yeah. are so good for your mental health and for like oh my God, regulating yeah. the body and yeah. stuff. And I'm like, and and it was talking particularly about women. Like women are not taught this, right? Yeah. Women are taught to that's not ladylike, or that's not this, or that's not that. Tisk, tisk. And and you shouldn't want that as a woman. And I think the thing I love the most about my lifestyle now is that um, in this swinger community, mm-hmm. the the lifestyle community, the women are so sexual. Like mm-hmm. they're just they're the ones like making the jokes and and being the ones making the moves and stuff yeah, like yeah. that more than they have more, more autonomy. Than, yeah, like it's it's so empowering to watch, you know. And like I I get to dress dress up where where the world would say i look slutty yeah i think i look classy and beautiful mm-hmm. and sexy empowered yeah and i walk in there and people are like oh my god you look so beautiful oh my god you're so sexy blah blah, blah. i didn't i didn't feel sexy for like most of my married oh, sure. life like yeah, i yeah. didn't i just was cute you yeah. know like quote unquote green's so cute, so cute. and i i am 
cute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very much the girl next door. Mm-hmm. But I also clean up nuts. <laughs> yeah, I think I think people <laughs> I people sexy. are people can have both. Yeah, and I think sexy is an attitude. As well. Like sexy is what's in you because like at, at the club for instance, there's all shapes and sizes. Oh, 100%. And like yeah. they fucking own it. Oh yeah. Like I love that because I mean Larger women in like skimpy outfits, and they yeah. just feel confident. And you that's, can tell that's hot to me. You can tell that they yeah, yeah. feel confident and they ooze sexuality. Yeah. And because you know what? It's so close to confidence. Everybody is so confident. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. You don't get people just kind of like shrugging their shoulders yeah. and just kind of being wallflowers or whatever. And, and the, not funny every- thing, the funny thing is, is that then shame is something that just causes people to not be confident yeah 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 yeah. it's away so there's that real like there's like two very very different places and Mm -hmm. i think we spend so much time just let's think of shame as like a a curtain say okay a wall of sorts a wall but let's just even say a curtain right like i'll I'll allow it you'll allow it okay good (laughs) (laughs) so you're on this other side maybe it's a sheer curtain oh wow okay so you can see see on the other side and you're like People are having such a great time. They seem to be having fun. But I have to judge them mm. because that's not okay because it's not right yeah. and I shouldn't want those things. And so, therefore, I need to judge that. And then I also need to judge myself for desiring those things because yeah. they're not godly or – I mean, the idea that if you lust in your mind, yeah. you've already sinned. Exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. how that's do how you I control that? Yeah. Right? Like – I mean, if you can't lust when in you your mind, when you start police your own thoughts, oh. it's it can be a slippery slope. Yeah, you can police things. I mean, like let's say uh, something as as benign as like uh, like having a massive crush on somebody. Mm-hmm. Like you should probably police when you start obsessing over the person. Yeah. But like having a crush is perfectly normal. Well, here's the thing: your thoughts yeah. are your thoughts. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with your thoughts. It's what you do with those thoughts. Oh, 100%. Right? Like yeah, you yeah. can act on thoughts yeah. or you can just keep them as thoughts. Enjoy your thoughts. Fantasize. I completely Enjoy agree. it, but not have to act on it. And so I tell my clients, I want you to fantasize. Mm-hmm. I want you to find your deepest desires, like anything. The sky's yeah. the limit. It does not have to happen. Yeah. It doesn't have to be something that e- could even happen for yes. you to fantasize about 100%, it. Yeah. Because the fantasy in itself is not shameful. No. And when you kind of cross that mm-hmm. and can accept that, okay, so anything I want or desire, there's no shame in that. Yeah. Now, how to get to that place, Oof. that determines the, if you're ethical or not, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, If you because you could, like, I mean... I think it's just human nature to have deep, dark thoughts. Like I think so, but like even calling them you, dark. I know, though, I know, right? but like, like that's that is kind of just how. Well, you know, that's what I've, I was raised to believe that that is dark, being bad, being sinful, right? What have you? Um, and that I should police that, and that I should not have that, and I should feel ashamed about it. Well, and you belong and, in a certain category if you have those. Yes, yeah, so you're like, oh, you're yeah, you're you're a uh, you know degenerate. You're not a person that we want around. Um, but like, I really do believe. Like, how are you supposed? You can't have the sweet without the sour. You can't have. How are you supposed to know what's good without exploring the bad? 
that's yeah yeah there's got to be like yeah. it's just like you can't have true joy and happiness without sadness sadness yeah i completely like, agree and i also believe that also kind of uh is somewhat related to just having those uh you know those fantasies or or whatever it is that are taboo or i mean it doesn't even have to be taboo because like if you're coming from you know like with with your background mm-hmm. um even sex before marriage that was taboo that was oh. you know so it's all relational it's all it's just dependent on what the situation is but um yeah no like i i really just do believe that we all we have i think it's a healthy thing to do to explore it without judgment yeah because if if you if you don't you're always going to be going through a cycle of shame of of just basic bl- blaming yourself mm-hmm. and continuously thinking that you're a bad person and yeah. how is somebody supposed to sexually live authentically Mm-hmm. You know, if they continuously are in their own head yeah. saying that I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad. Well, and and so much of like self-work and personal growth mm-hmm. and all this stuff sort of in the coaching world or whatever, it all deals with how we speak to ourselves, you yeah. know, like how we treat our inner child, yeah. how we treat our, I mean, sometimes we we say things to ourselves that mm-hmm. we would never dream of saying to another human being to even yeah to like, a stranger to a friend yeah, or a family member even yeah. an enemy you know like, even we enemy, like, say oh, those, that'd be rude yeah like i couldn't say that to, weird, but yeah. yet we feed ourselves those thoughts yeah. on a regular basis it's it's crazy yeah. and and the other thing okay so mm-hmm. if you have these quote unquote depraved dark thoughts love them yeah right <laughs> <laughs> can't get enough <laughs> right yeah. so if you have those thoughts and you're policing your thoughts yes well if other people are policing those thoughts mm-hmm. and other people are policing those thoughts, yeah. like nobody's actually being authentic and no. you all are shaming yourselves, just a thinking of, that you are so depraved. And yeah. meanwhile, everyone's having those thoughts. The person across the table <laughs> from you for seven hours yeah. also has the same kind of thoughts. Oh, and you're like, sure. what? So like, that's the- so I crazy yeah and that's that was that was one of my revelations uh growing up was exploring porn and i was like wait a second (gasps) i know right i was like wait so someone has to be having these thoughts for me to even find this stuff on online and like wait like oh i'm starting to notice a trend where there's like a lot of you know taboo porn i'm like but doesn't that mean people have to be wanting this? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I could be like, I was like, what? I don't know, 10, 11, 12, already realizing, okay, people aren't being honest. They're not being honest with themselves. Yeah. And they're not being honest with other people or like, you know, society. And and you want to hear something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never, ever, 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 ever mm. saw porn till I was like 37. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, 10 years ago. Wow. Right? Like I did not... Yeah. Because I'm I, not shaming you, but no, no, what no. The f- <laughs> yeah, right. I could not see another naked man because yes. that would mean that I might picture him yes. while having sex with and my that husband. And the only person I'd ever had sex yeah. with was my husband. Yes. And I should not be thinking about mm-hmm, other people. Mm-hmm. But what happens is that fantasizing and thinking about other people actually can be a really exciting thing oh, in, your, sure. in your relationship. Well, it like can you really said, spice things the up. The difference between 
between thinking and acting out behaviors are very mm-hmm. different. Like, and even like, uh, people have probably had the thought. Sorry to just go off a tangent no, no, a little bit, do, but like, this is what we do. The yeah, uh, <laughs> like I'm sure people have gotten so angry that they wanted to murder somebody, or they're like even had the thought of like, man, I wish I could like just take a knife or like get a gun and just ah, <laughs> end their life. It's like, well, I would never ever do shame. Well, I know I, I wouldn't do that. I'm saying I wouldn't shame somebody. To have like, of course, like those emotions yeah. are then leading those thoughts. It's like, well, if you're horny, and that might also be leading your thoughts the other way around as well, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I still wouldn't shame somebody. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, like well, let's talk about that. Just plain exactly. As is. Let's yeah. talk about that. Where yeah. do these things come from? Yeah. Right. So like this, this idea that you know. If you had if you had pictured someone else in your mind, yeah, um, that that could ruin your sex life. Yeah, like where did that come from? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and it was the well, that's program, like monogamy, right? I'm but, assuming. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But even more so, like, like po- people are. Also, I should probably mention I'm polyamorous. I I don't think I ever yeah, said. Yeah, I think you, I think you said you were part of the polyamorous community. King community. Oh, didn't I? Okay, yeah, either I way. So. I just wanted to make sure there was I think context. You did yeah. That, but... like, I'm a big whore. Just want people to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're ethical whore. Ethical whore. Actually, yeah. yeah, yeah. I call I like to be called an ethical pervert. Okay. Yeah. That works. Yeah. I'm an ethical slut. That so... and that's that works too. Yeah. And I think the key to that is that I make my choices mm-hmm. for me based on if I'm acting authentically. Yeah. For myself and if I'm being kind and loving and caring yeah. towards other people and if I'm causing them pain or hurting them. That's so, the biggest that's probably the biggest one for me is like if I'm harming others with mm-hmm. my behavior, then I've crossed the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's and a I, really yeah. tough one, especially yeah. when you know, like how far do we go to allow other people to decide what we can and can't do? Yeah. Right? Um <clears throat> and I think like when you get to the point where uh, see it's like being a people pleaser mm-hmm. growing up being a people pleaser, you you learn that other people's desires are more important than yours. Your own, yeah. And so you always make your own desires sort of second. It, it's no longer a priority. No. And yeah. and if you actually really want something and you speak up for it, that that whole self-care thing, I was like, like that's, that's selfish, selfish yeah, right? Yeah. So if let's, you frame it that way, let's yeah. go back to that for a sure. second because so I was like self-care is so selfish. I felt so sick to mm-hmm. my stomach. The idea that I would look out for me because my example watching someone look out for themselves and take care of themselves, like that's not, do their reading, yeah. whatever – that was very selfish in my mind because yeah. it was always to the exclusion of me. Yeah. I was never welcomed into that person's life who was self-caring. Yeah. Right? So I just was like, ugh, no. Like, I don't want to be like that. So I switched it to thinking energy care. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned this yeah, to you, you the did. other day, I think right? It's a great, yeah, yeah a great so like, to... I was like, okay, so my phone, if I don't plug in my phone, mm-hmm. it will die. Yeah. And then it's no good to me. It doesn't do anything. It's a smartphone. It's got lots of great qualities. It could do all kinds of things. 
But if it's dead, it's no good to anybody. Mm -hmm. And it's not selfish of the phone to need to be plugged in. Yeah. It's not selfish at all. Yeah. And I don't feel bad plugging the phone in so that it has power. You know, yeah. I know it needs to be plugged in and I need to leave it there to, to mm -hmm. recharge. Um, and I think that's a beautiful euphemism <laughs> for uh, even masturbation. <laughs> so there you go. Some people recharge that they way, need, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a some mental reset. Need, and some people need alone time. Some do, people yeah. need different things. But what I learned to discover was like, what are the things that bring me energy mm -hmm. and what are the things that drain my energy? Yeah. And when I started looking at, at like at that, yeah. I couldn't deny the fact that I had to take care of my energy. Mm -hmm. So if I'm doing all things that drain my energy, then then I'm not going to have any energy You're gonna be for a, anyone. A, a dead as a mother, phone. as a wife, yeah. like nothing, right? You can't take care of others if you can't take well, And they always say look after you first and, yeah, but yeah, I was yeah. like yeah yeah whatever. Yeah. Like what but this I this I mean you technically can it's just not optimal I would say it's right. not ideal. No because right? there's always sort of this underlying resentment you have Yeah. No and you energy wouldn't want that. Or, yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's what um, starts to build. Yeah. Whether you know it or not and that's not a And good thing and about. so I mean that was sort of me losing the shame around taking care of myself. I mean, when you start realizing that you need to actually set up boundaries, mm -hmm. I mean, as we oh. both know, that's the, the big B word. And that's really hard because, again, I felt shame yeah. for wanting what I wanted. And I still, uh, yeah. like in our conversation the other day, yeah. you got to see firsthand that I was having a lot of trouble yes. in a certain area of my life saying what it is that I really wanted. wanted I yeah. couldn't say it in words mm -hmm. until you really like... I had to ask you a few questions. A lot to dig yeah. there. And I think like that's the thing is like sometimes you need someone someone else's perspective yeah. looking in to help you unpack some of that stuff. Oh, for sure. And you and I did so much of the work on our own mm -hmm. to come out of the shame cycle and to reprogram our minds and yeah. to reprogram Decades. and learn all yeah, just so long. I mean, yeah. I listened to podcasts and podcasts and podcasts. Yeah. And learned everything I possibly could about ethical non-monogamy, about swinging, about open relationships, yeah. about polyamory. Like I wanted to know all of it because I was like, it probably like, wasn't until I was twenty-three that I started. Who are to, these people? <laughs> I started to actually do the research and start to look into. Oh, even was even exposed to polyamory, and I mean, I was exposed to kink because, like, once again, little pervert me uh, watching a bunch of porn. But I, yeah, I didn't then start actually that's when i started to actually do things i i didn't know but i was a, it existed yeah i know you I definitely mean, did. i was like what yeah married people have sex with other people, other people? i was like are you allowed what? to do that you're yeah exactly yeah. are you like how what you're allowed yeah. to do that and they were like talking about it together mm -hmm. and like celebrating it i yeah. was like what? Yeah. Is this? You're allowed to put and your Where thing have in they other been all my and, life? Yeah, like, yeah, why yeah. don't I have friends like this? Like, yeah, is this. Why don't I have friends that are so cool? I mean, and, honestly, I was like, this has to be it. This is a fantasy. I don't think this is real. And right? then you, the more you dig into it, you're like, wait, there are actually people out there. And those people can't possibly be good people. Yeah. And loving. Yeah. And then, and then you I get mean, into the. We, we have met some poly people. Yeah. That aren't the greatest. Yes. Or, but again, there there's a lot of self work in order yes, to be a hundred percent 
in any relationship. I mean, those yeah. same people are, are shitheads in other relationships yeah, as too, well. right? I like mean, they're yeah. just shitheads yes. in general. And they think that- They can do be, poly. Yeah, they think they can be polyamorous because, yeah. you know, they, they don't know how to commit to uh, one yeah. person. But that's not that's not the norm. And that's not what- Yeah. That's not the the true essence of it and, mm. and the authentic version of- No, yeah. Of polyamory or- open relationships or swinging a hundred percent like it's just it's like the if we're talking about these kinds of people the people that don't quite understand or have aren't really prepared for a polyamorous relationship or even just like a monogamous relationship it, a lot of it is that they just don't quite understand the paradox that comes with with relationships and more more importantly poly relationships mm-hmm. which is that like you you have to set aside your ego yeah, and you need to take care of others, but you also need to take care of yourself. Well, and that's the big dichotomy, right? It's like, yeah. how can I be desiring certain things and mm-hmm. want what I want and, and want my own needs yes. and be considerate of others and set a boundary towards yeah. others and not be a shithead? Because it's like so easy to be- <laughs> Don't want to be a shithead. Well, it's so easy, it's to, really be easy to be black and white. It is. <laughs> but it's so easy to to just like the opposite way and yeah. be like, oh, you're no longer my responsibility. Yes, yes. I get to do what I want to do because that's going to flow my energy. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like not thinking of other people. Yeah. So I think that like authenticity requires empathy. Yeah. And self-love. Like you can't have those, you can't be successful without those two things. Because Mm -hmm. let's face it, a relationship Mm -hmm. requires you to be selfless in some ways. But also, that's why, selfish, but let's just say it also requires you to maintain your energy. Yes. So like, let's be aware of people's energy. Mm -hmm. If we just look at it at energy, yeah, no, like it's completely a great way to frame it. Yeah. both ways, you know, like, oh, their energy is depleted. Mm-hmm. I have more energy right now. Yeah, I can help recharge them, whether it's going and doing my own thing and letting them do what they need to do or whether it's giving them some of my energy because mm-hmm. I know with my partner now. Yeah. With with Steve, I can like some days he's like, please, Bella, send me some some good energy and yeah. i was like here it is i've got it to give yeah. but other times i really don't and i'm like yeah. i don't have it to give i would love to but like literally we're managing ourselves as well i it i can feel it leaving my body yeah you know because we have to we have to manage ourselves and we also have to manage the relationship itself yeah and i think that people don't realize that poly isn't just about just going out and getting what you want no. it's about multiple loving relationships yeah. which you have to realize what your bandwidth is oh I mean, your bandwidth might only be one relationship and you have to be honest about yeah, that yeah, yeah. it doesn't mean having more than one relationship is wrong it yeah. just means that for you you can only handle so much and so maybe you're going to choose you need to be respectful to yourself yeah. and also to your possible future partners because like if you aren't aware of that and you get into a relationship mm-hmm. with more than one person and you simply just cannot handle it mm-hmm. that's going to implode you're going to you're going self-destruct at some point you can't over promise and under deliver exactly yeah it's it's probably better to err on under promising yeah. and over delivering so like I, <laughs> I usually tell people like if they ever start doing polyamory is like okay well you should slow go like very because yeah. you 
have to get used to the amount of uh well responsibility that comes with having more than one relation even just the one relationship yeah because it really it really shines a light on on your weaknesses on your insecurities it just i mean and and when you're in a relationship so i often talk about people wanting to try being in the swinging lifestyle Mm -hmm. or whatever I like saying lifestyle better, but a lot of people don't understand what I'm talking about. So when I say well, swingers- Well, because lifestyle could be many things. It can be many things, but- Polyamory can be a lifestyle. Yeah, it is Kink a, lifestyle, a lifestyle. But when we say lifestylers or LS events I know or whatever, when you say it, that means swinging, yeah. Yeah, so but what I'm saying is in the swinger community, yeah. we say LS. We never yeah. say we're swingers. We never, yeah. ever say that. Okay. We never call it. See, that's actually- uh, I don't have that much experience with people okay. who are swingers. Okay. Yeah. So, and- and swinging is actually a pretty good entrance for so people too. who are new because you, you get foundation. to play. Yeah. And, and you and you do it together as a yeah. couple. And you get to explore something new as a couple. Speaking it's not like, theory. yes, yeah. it's not something that you just go off. So you can sort of build that. Yeah. Break that and go through that curtain very carefully. Yes. Just so you can pull that curtain open and, and peer in and go, hmm. Because that, I mean, that Let's... will help with going through any kind of shame. Yeah. Um. Because, like, I, I, I believe, I don't know if this is true about uh swingers, but like, even when they have both agreed that they're gonna do certain thing and they do exactly what they've agreed to, even afterwards they can feel shame. Oh, for sure, because it's such yeah. such deep programming. Yeah. And there's such a. Someone said today, it's like your monogamy mind that's your mono mind that's speaking your mono mind, yeah. and um and i think that that's a good way to put it but like our monogamy programming in our culture mm-hmm. it, it's such a mononormative culture that yeah. anything outside of that seems inherently wrong and you tend to question it Immediately. at every turn yeah. but what i found is when you enter this community mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything sexual with people. And I'm a big proponent of this. Uh, like true. you do not have to have sex with anybody else mm-hmm. and you could still be part of the LS. Yeah, for sure. You, I don't see why not. But when you You're building relationships. You know how we were talking about like finding your people and like when we sat yeah, yeah, yeah. for seven hours yes. the other day, mm-hmm. we're like, Oh my gosh, we're cut from the same cloth yeah. in so many ways. And you wouldn't you wouldn't think that. But you and your individualness, you're like, oh mm-hmm. gosh, you know, my depraved mind. Yeah, whatever, on my own you know? little island. Yeah. yeah, and and in my mind, I'm like, oh, I don't share a lot of that stuff with people because yeah. they wouldn't understand. But it's it's safe to keep in my mind, and yeah. I'm not hurting anybody with mm-hmm. those thoughts, really. So when we both felt safe to just kind of share the same depraved kind of yeah. thoughts, we were like, holy shit. Oh, okay, wow, cool. yeah, this so is like, so this cool. Is, yeah. Oh, she, she's my people. Oh, yeah. he's my people, right? <laughs> like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. And so then seven hours later, right, we can just still keep talking about all kinds of things because there's nothing off limits. So this is what I want and for all lack of my judgment. clients. Yeah, yes. 100%. This is the first stage for me when I talk about authenticity Mm -hmm. and finding your sexual authenticity that involves one self-love and energy care all falls into self-love and how do we do that and how do we really do that because so many people i know even in the lifestyle are like oh i don't love myself oh yeah and that breaks my heart i'm like 
how can you not love yourself? I love you so Huge much. Component, or whatever. Yeah. But when you love yourself, there's so much empowerment that comes from that. And it's not a selfish thing. So it's all about reframing. Yes. So that we do. So we reframe what a self-love, how do we love ourselves? And we do inner child work. So let's not get off on that tangent right vegan. now. I know because we will. <laughs> At some point we can. The second part is yeah. um, sex positivity. Right. Like, so unlocking like, okay, what is sex positivity? Sex positivity isn't having sex all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not at all that. It's about not judging and and being open to accepting other people's views and the way people do things and and people they, you know, the way they want to love, the way they want to be. The way they want to have relationships, mm-hmm. the way they want to engage in sexuality, like that is a whole whole bunch of things to to wrap your head around. Whether it's learning about polyamory, open relationships, mm-hmm. um, swingers, uh, ethical porn, yeah, uh, toys, mm-hmm. you know, uh, masturbation, how to pleasure yourself, learning to to embrace your sexuality yeah, figure out what works for you yeah and embrace your sexuality without yeah. shame right like that's the big piece in sex yeah. positivity and and putting that all together so that's another area that we work yeah. on having and, like kind of a positive perspective yeah when it comes to because like what we were specifically us we were uh what was ingrained into us was a negative perspective oh yeah it was sex negativity sex all negativity. the way yeah so sex positivity is really just being uh, optimistic and positive about yeah, and and it doesn't mean have to do sex, accepting but. everything. Like oh if, yeah, yeah. If you, people are not being ethical, or I'm, whatever, a, I'm a skeptical. I'm skeptic. We're, yeah. we're skeptics, and it's always good to have a certain amount of skepticism yeah. to stuff. So it's not just like oh everything. Don't just take fine, everything like, under the know, sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and it's not there's not an ulterior motive mm-hmm. to sex positivity. It's just looking at it through a different lens and and losing the shame around sexuality yeah, yeah. that's the big yeah, part so those so self love yeah sex positivity and then community mm, and and so when you walk through that curtain yeah <laughs> and you go oh that person thinks like i do mm-hmm. and so does that person and so does that person and that couple, and that couple, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you literally can talk about anything, mm. and you are with your people. Like, like when you find like-minded people mm-hmm. in in like clubs, or you know, people join chess clubs because people who are passionate about chess. And not they don't make fun of each other for for being in chess club because they are in this together and they love it and mm-hmm. and there's an understanding. Well, we all seek to find communities of things that we want, and when we are not able to be sexually authentic, yeah. we haven't found our community that thinks like us, or that yeah. that we just feel like an outsider. So I really want to help connect people to that community and i want to be the first person in that community you know and like i want to you're like greeting them yeah i'm the greeter you're the greeter, <laughs> the greeter. like the walmart greeter <laughs> come to my magical world i will show you <laughs> and and in, and 
introduce you to all the people. No, I think that's lovely. And I'm, I agree. I yeah. Think that's that's uh, a, a fabulous, fantastic goal to have when it comes to helping people out. Because, I mean, I, I know my own personal journey has been a lot of solitude, a mm. lot of... Uh, also, I mean, also even like frustration of like seeing the writing on the wall, like literally, like I said about porn mm. and seeing that stuff like, OK, wh- where where are these people, though? Mm. Yeah, know, yeah. Like, they're all hidden. They're they're hiding somewhere. You can you can go to the Pornhub comments, I suppose. But uh, no, it's, it's terrible. Don't go there. <laughs> no, Never I don't want there. to. But I mean, like uh, I was I was like, yeah, I don't I, I, I can't possibly be the one. And like, where the hell are these people? And uh once I finally finally started finding people such as yourself, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, oh, thank thank God! Like I I actually am not alone, and I don't have to feel bad about yeah. it." Yeah, there's such a and Community's I just want to say like, okay, mm-hmm. how long have we known each other? Uh, a few days, like <laughs> less than I'm... less than a week. And so, yeah. this is what I mean: is that. Making those strong connections. Yeah, like it's not just like, like we talked for seven hours, mm. and I, I mean, it, part of it is our personalities or whatever. But regardless, mm, yeah, it's probably. because we could talk about things that we were both passionate about. Yeah. One is psychology, right? Mm-hmm. We both love psychology and people and people, understanding yeah. people, helping but people. But two, we are both sexually open and mm-hmm. we could have conversations about that and around how it affects people and how this and how it affected yeah. us and who we became and what we were afraid of. And I mean, unlimited things. And all of a sudden you're like, I am not alone in this world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have so many friendships like that, that it's unbelievable. I feel so connected. Mm-hmm. And so, so many of my friendships are like this. Well, that was such a fun conversation. I can't tell you how much fun that was. We just laughed and had a great time. I hope you enjoyed it too. I thought that was an okay place to end. We just went on for like another hour. So there's there's another great part of the conversation, which you'll get next week. Um, but I just wanted to leave you with that kind of feeling of like when – you find your people when you're authentic and you find other authentic people, the connections you make are just life changing. And as you could see, we haven't even, we hadn't even known each other a week at that point when we recorded that. And just the connection is so amazing. And this is, the way so many of my relationships are and my friendships and they just are just such incredible parts of my life. And I really wanted you guys to sort of end with that picture and, and that longing for a community like that of your own, I can show you how to find people that are authentic and like you, you know, that you have people in common that's one of the things that I love to do um, is just take you on this journey and introduce you to my magical world. And my magical world has these people, these kinds of connections, this community. So come along, listen to episodes you've missed and see if any of this is something you relate to and reach out to me. I want to work with you. I want to help you live the most authentic life that you can. And I want you to have 
such an incredible relationship or the skills to build and design the kind of relationship that you eventually want. That is the most exciting thing for me. So with that, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to say goodbye. Have an amazing week. I love you guys so much. You have no idea. Keep those messages coming. And remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Bye now. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.